Today's episode is sponsored by our very good friends over at Neural DSP. If you're completely unfamiliar with who Neural DSP are, they make guitar and bass plugins that cover a wide range of tones and styles. Anything from the crisp cleans of a Tone King Imperial to the rich leads of a Soldano SLO. There's also the Archetype series, which is essentially signature amps made by some of your favourite artists. So whether that's Tim Henson of Polyphia, Pliny, or our very good friend, Rabia Massad. If you like the sound of all that, you can get a 14-day free trial over at neuraldsp.com on any of the plugins that they do. Um, and even better than that, you can get 30% off if you want to buy some or all of them or just one uh, using the code music is everything at their checkout. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Music is Everything podcast with me, Matt Hornby, and my very, very good friend, Andrew Groves. Hello. That was so nice. Very, very good friend. Oh, yeah, I'm just adding more varies each week. Yeah, that made me feel really nice. Thanks. Oh, no worries. What are you excited about this week, Andrew? Um, This week, actually... I have been excited about um, HBO's, uh, I think they've called it Last of Us. I'm not sure if it's The Last of Us, but I think it's Last of Us. Um, Yeah, I haven't played many games. I definitely played more games when I was younger. Mm Mm-hmm. But as with most other things in my life, when kind of music and guitar came along, that all kind of fell um, to the... Wayside? Wayside. I was going to say to the buys, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I... Um, but I did play it. I used to... Um, when I used to live with Chris Coulter Extraordinaire, um, mm-hmm. his partner at the time had a PlayStation and... I played uh, The Last of Us. She used to work for Sony. And nice. um, and I played that and I thought the story was amazing. So, um, and I am a big fan of Pedro Pascal. I think he's a great actor. Um, so yeah, I was interested as always. I think with anything, I thought it was a really good game. I haven't played part two, but I've kind of, I, I'm kind of, I don't need any spoiling of it. I've, I've definitely, I've been spoiled long ago, but I've been holding off until um, my wife uh, had played the first part. I didn't want to ruin it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they are, I think there's, they, 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 without giving too much away, I thought I really respected them for challenging how we think of those narratives as traditional as they are again as always the the kind of anyone who's unfamiliar kind of your your classic kind of zombie apocalypse um but what i think is so different about that and as always those things are about the people and not the zombies that's just kind of like a catalyst for a good story i um i've always thought they have challenged a lot of some of the preconceptions and i think certainly in the second part and as I've heard, the the second series has been given already a, a green light. Wow. Which I'm assuming would follow the second part of the game. I think the the full nature of like revenge and violence and this kind of cycle, I think it, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've uh, played it, Matt, but uh, I think at the time, and it, there was a huge kind of furore at the time it came out because of this. And I think maybe we're 
we're a bit more ready for it now. Hopefully, by the time it comes out in the uh, in the series, but I think it it challenges a lot of those. You know, we've spoken before about you know this 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 idea of like you know there, there's a glorification of some ideas, but actually, you know, if you followed them to their you know to their completion, you would end up with a pretty grisly reality mm-hmm. and, and 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 i think and then the toll that takes um on you as a person and and and, and as a society so i doesn't i don't think that gives anything away but i think i think it really that doesn't. you know i think for example like in the walking dead i thought you know like rick's cycles of demise and kind of his kind of personal struggles as being this kind of incredibly violent individual and how that reflects upon his kids and his wife and, and what have you and the people around him and, and how that rubs off on people and, you know, and what have you. I think that was, that was all, you know, really interesting. I think what The Last of Us really achieves is kind of make you pay the price for them. And I think that's that's what's, I think that's what's really good about it. And I was kind of sceptical, but I'd heard such good sort of uh, reviews from people I, I really trust and people who I know had played the game and, and whatever. Um, nice. And yeah, yeah. Not, go on. Sorry. No, I've not, I've not played it. And, but I've, I have, uh, many friends who are big into gaming sure. and I've just heard a lot about this game for, I mean, it's probably, has it been out what, five or six years or something? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair yeah, amount okay, of time. Fine. Um, but yeah, heard only positives and, mm. um, but I know nothing about it. No, nothing of the premise, but I watched the first episode of the series. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, which, because just because of that, yeah, um, and yeah, I haven't watched any more because there was only one out. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, so mm. there's only one out at the time. And yeah, it was really cool. Mm. Um, like you say, classic zombie apocalypse vibes. Um, but I, you're mentioning all the fu- uh, fu- furor, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, that uh, furor caused. <laughs> yeah, or, 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 I, I, have, <laughs> I have no context to any of it, as in I don't know what what the game has okay. done. I don't know when you say it's challenged things. I don't know what. Yeah, I just great. watched it as a like a standalone TV series. Mm. It's kind of like watching Harry Potter the movies without reading the books, I guess. Sure. Yeah, that's actually. I mean, I spoke about this a while ago. What I'd considered to reading them. I know it's not the most popular thing to do right now, but. I was like, at the time, I was like, ah, oh, they could, like I say, they were on at Christmas. And I was like, oh, there's actually loads I don't know about it. And like loads of really interesting characters. And, you know, like I say, I know that's kind of fairly tainted at the moment. But like, uh, as far as the story goes anyway, like, um, I wondered how, I did at the time wonder how much had kind of been left out of the, as, as is usually the case, right? You know, like they sure. put in a, a movie and... Um, and it's the de- it's the details, it's the small things which, yeah. you know, and and the subtleties which help you build your own image rather than going. This is what Hogwarts looked like, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, you, you have to kind of go. They describe it more, and it's more involved in that way. Well, well, I think what's really interesting about The Last of Us is I'm going with The Last of Us um, is that uh, they have clearly taken, and and it's always um, a it's a really a really big question actually and usually the answer is yes if you do it right <laughs> and that right is kind of uh, flexible but deviating from the source material 
is like a an interesting maybe not interesting is maybe not the right word but a delicate situation because depending on what that has come from whether that be a book or it's already a film or it's already a game or vice versa I think that as I've seen with books that I've read that have become films sometimes not all and certainly it, like for example it happens quite a lot in the kind of anime a manga becomes an anime is that not all stories are, are, um, are really made to be a film or or it kind of depends what format you're trying to squeeze it into i think that's what's great about the kind of the series format is that you've got time and usually that kind of really helps um for example there's been a lot of anime films that have just been collections of the book you know big big parts of the book um or a particular arc of story and they've not always made the best film because they've not been made to 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 kind of highlight at certain places and the pacing is isn't there and you need kind of various parts of the story and so like it's very interesting where you see someone adapting from the source material i know with the last source they have neil Druckmann in, involved and obviously he he's, does the game um so that kind of you always want that kind of blessing if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, um you know in the same way they had hr geiger on set for Alien, you know, like I feel like you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that can be quite dangerous. And and I, to their sort of commendation that they've pulled it off really well, it is different from the game, and there is deviations or kind of changes to um, the well. In I mean, with the game, it's your own experience. Like you can choose not to read the, you know, classic thing. Like you get a ton of books in a game usually that you have to pick up or a note or whatever. And then some people read them, some people don't read them. And that's your experience of the game. And that, that might change yeah. your experience of the game, whether, you know, something might mean something or it might not mean something because you didn't read that letter, for example, or you didn't find that yeah, clue. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really interesting. And, and I know the, the, the big um, episode three, that was actually the, the the kind of real noise about that is what really drew me to 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 watch it, um, and and again I think they handled that in a really obviously uh, um, I don't think it's really giving anything away saying that The Last of Us features a, a lot of homosexual c- coupling and 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 relationships um, and stories kind of intermingled with it, and what they've done really well is is kind of is treat them well <laughs> treat them normally uh, and and that's that's what I thought was really good about it I thought I, I was mm-hmm. uh, at the time I was watching um watching those episodes and I, I was like this just feels like a love story and that's I feel like actually a bit rare <laughs> it, it, I feel like sometimes there's a novelty or a kind of a not a mishandling, but like just, just it was romantic, and and I feel like that's really missing. Is that that, mm-hmm. that I feel like the the sweetness and the tenderness and the romance of you know any kind of any romance, any any kind of coupling in any sense, I think can sometimes be a bit mishandled. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. really talk really being a, a heterosexual heterosexual male, um, but but that that's kind of sometimes you know that there's 
there was time and love put into those relationships and they felt really natural and they felt really real, uh, you know, believable. And, 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 and cons- I think I know Nick Offerman who plays one of the characters. I know he, he's a straight male. Um, I, I don't know if uh, the other actor, but I thought again, that was kind of quite commendable in, in, in those um, cases. Um, and certainly within the, the, the film, obviously Ellie's kind of sexual orientation is explored pretty heavily. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think, I think, and I think maybe that's why it's garnering some of the success as I think maybe people are looking at this and like something relatable, you know, and actually, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, actually really well told and, and handled with the kind of respect that it, it, it should have, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be a, you know, it shouldn't be a, um, it shouldn't be a novelty, you know, it, it should course, be a prerequisite. Yeah. And but, it's, and, and the zombie, the zombie story is told many a time. Mm-mm. So it's kind of, I guess it's nice to do something a bit more contemporary or, Mm-mm-mm. uh, present if you Mm-mm. see, you know, um, but yeah, I need to watch. Is it all out now then? All the no, no, no. Um, uh, I think only up to episode four as far as to today, I think maybe, or it's, it was out not long ago. Um, but yeah, really, really just really nicely told, really nicely shot. Um, again, it, it, with all those things, like you, you, you become so invested in those characters mm-hmm. and, and because it's your individual playthrough, you have a different relationship, um, so it was interesting to I think in in any case to just be like how are actors going to you know personify this and and, and I think they've done it they've done it really nicely and, and kind of you know I feel like they they have nodded to the game for those who've played it but it's not like you guys remember this you know like I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's not an end joke yeah. yeah and it's not yeah. like you know suddenly the frame rate shifts or, you know, the perspective shifts. Like it's just, and the game is very realistic anyway, but I thought anyway, it, it, it was, um, uh, it, 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 it fleshes out a, a lot of what's already there as a foundation, which okay. in any other case, I think would be really risky and something usually that is kind of like red, <laughs> red alert, you know, this is going to be a bad adaptation, but they've actually done it you know, beautifully. And, and, and if anything, I feel, I would like to feel that it actually helps flesh out the story for people who are, are familiar with it. So I think, yeah, I, I just, just really so skillfully like done. like a win-win. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah, skillfully yeah. done. I think, um, uh, you're not there, so I won't say it, but there's a bit that isn't in the game okay. and it's just dialogue between two characters. And what I thought was really interesting is, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I'm also unsure. Actually, I can't remember. This is about maybe seven or eight years ago or something. I was like, okay. actually, I can't remember their relationship. And then I, there was a dialogue and I was like, I don't remember that. Like, and then actually, like, I, as soon as I put it into Google, it like auto-completed and it turns out everyone was like, oh my God, you know, this actually is like <laughs> blown this story wide open. Um, and I thought that was really cool to have, to have, um, I would like to think that if you had kind of the writers there that they would be like, oh, we could actually, you know, Go not improve, but flesh this out, yeah. this story out. So I thought that was really cool. Um, nice. How about, how about you, Matt? I'll, well, I'll, I'll continue watching it based on mm. your uh, your praise. So yeah, nice one. Yeah, strong. Um, 
Yeah, I'm excited about, well, I've just had one of those weeks where I've been to some gigs, some live music. So nice. I thought I'd talk about live music nice. again yeah. because it's here and it exists and it's important. Um, so I went to see the mighty Leprous of Norway. Nice. Um, at the, oh, I, basically when you get to two gigs in a week, there's a warning here, right? <laughs> Especially if it's in the same place. Sure. Don't kind of confuse the venues. Luckily I didn't do it in reality. So <laughs> I went to the right one for the right thing. Um, but my memory is still... Oh, it was a Shepherd's Bush. There you go. Okay. O2 Shepherd's Bush Empire. And um, as if you've been listening for a while, you'll probably know that I have a big soft spot for Leprous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's particularly their last, their latest two albums have gone kind of down a more electronic, kind of poppier route. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. They're, they're just great. They're just a great band live um, and a great band on record. Mega melodic. If Musically, if you're a musician, mega interesting. Um, yeah. What always gets me is if it's like, I kind of compare it to if Blink-182 had a drummer, like a more tame drummer, <laughs> right. they'd just be 10% as good. So I think with Leprous, it's not quite the case because they are Beast. just exceptional yeah, all-rounders. Yeah, yeah. Or like every every member is tipped up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bord Kolstad, the drummer, mm-hmm. is uh, like a force of nature. My friend described him as uh, an enigma. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of talent that doesn't... You can't learn. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... Yeah. Just, just brilliance. Yeah, and it, it kind of say again. Insane drummer. Yeah, it just, just insane. But it, 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 it creates a level of excitement that underpins the whole, um, just the whole kind of sonic experience. Mm. That for me, yeah, just it just it just raises the bar so high. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, the two great supports um, who I'd never seen before. A band called Calandra who are Norwegian as well, okay. um, who I really, we're talking about them in the Discord um, on the day, I think, because uh, I think a couple of people have been seeing them. Um, they were exceptional, okay. like really, really good, kind of like a, an ethereal, folky, almost, not, I wouldn't say post-rock, but maybe influence. Um, but yeah, very, uh, like female vocalist, Two guys on guitars, switching between electric and acoustic, uh, and a drummer. So I th- they had a lot of track, I think, to cover bass, and it sounded quite synthy, subby kind of bass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really, yeah, really, really, and really nice discovery actually. Nice. Um, a, f- a friend of mine said they'd done a bit of soundtrack kind of work, mm-hmm. um, but they have a, a compilation that's uh, I'm looking at it now, a compilation called The Line, which is. Uh, it looks like a kind of a collection of singles they've released over the last few years. So um, I'll be checking that out. I haven't done yet. Amazing. Um, and and then Monuments so were the main support. Okay. Um, I've seen who, Monuments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen Monuments. Oh, okay. Or maybe, but did Monuments have a sexophonist at one point? Well, I, <clears throat> my one comment with uh, Monuments is since I've seen them, they've changed the lineup. I think... I think they it's the singer I think it's the singers that have come and gone 
But yes. I remember them having two singers and I don't think they have two singers anymore. But I, I don't know what's happened while I've kind of took my eye off them, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I saw them with Tesseract a, a, sort of just after the dinosaurs died. And um, <laughs> and they were I thought they were amazing. Um, yeah. uh, and John Brown is an amazing guitar player. And kind he is of fantastic, yeah pass a, f- a few times along the way but yeah I, i've kind of had my eye off them uh, are they is it two singers still then or no so they're okay. a four piece and they met they gave a shout out to the bassist who is new as well okay. so uh, again i haven't followed it but i'm aware of chris brown through guitar mm-hmm. um but i have to say the the singer looks like uh, a bit like uh your mate from panic at the disco oh, okay brendan neary but sounds kind of like Devin Townsend okay. doubled. Okay. He, honestly, the, the the technical proficiency of this guy and the energy mm. I've never I've never quite seen anything like it. It's un, unreal. Okay. Um it's just dancing everywhere, screams, highs, lows, just growls, everything and all the kind of stamina. Mm. Um yeah, just unbelievable performance. But um yeah, they were really cool. The only, the only, my only, my only comment about the gig was that after kind of being lifted that high by monuments, because mm. they're quite a, a full-on mm-hmm. energetic, explosive force, that leprous after felt a little slower. That's so you had okay. to kind of shift your mindset a little bit. Interesting, um, but because leprous is definitely more about the the dynamics, the slow builds. Um, but yeah, they're still. Still fantastic and still one of my favourite bands of modern times. And then, oh, to make sorry, my who, week, who was the who was the first band again? Uh, Calandra, they called Calandra. Okay, nice. yeah, with a K. Um, to make my week even better, I then saw Carnival oh, in nice. also London at uh, Kentish Town Forum. Okay, um, and it has been. I saw Carnival. I've seen them once before in 2015 at London's Roundhouse mm-hmm. and it was a very special gig I'd never seen them before it was kind of around I think that's the year actually Asymmetry I think it was 2013 so yeah it was uh, the, for anyone who doesn't know Carnival three albums The Martyr Sound Awake and Asymmetry I actually Sound Awake is kind of the one that everyone absolutely adores mm. and it's a fantastic album um, I also really like Asymmetry um, and yeah so kind of in that in that time period me and my friends were listening to them quite a lot mm-hmm. so seeing them for the first time they're Australian band so it's obviously a bit of a, a long way mm-hmm. to tour over here so it doesn't happen often and they don't really they don't release music that often either so it's been a long time since their last album um, so th- this was originally scheduled in 2020 obviously delayed for, sure. through covid mm-hmm. and um but man what a what a band okay honestly what a band and uh they're just fantastic musicians and uh they it's kind of like high concept prog but that sounds a bit wanky so <laughs> <laughs> high high concept rock i don't know they've definitely got riffs but I always forget about the riffs because that's not really why I'm there what? Um, no it's not I'm not like <laughs> no I mean yeah. that's just that's 
that's not why i mean they actually there was a um a track on you know like they have a load of music on to kind of build you up mm. beforehand um there's a song by red fang okay. uh, that came on i was like who's this and that is all about the riff okay um and uh, it's worth actually saying the ocean supported, but we got there a little bit late and missed them. But I saw the ocean support Leprous a couple of years ago. Oh, so okay, nice. Take that, take that box, and they mm. were very good. Um, anyway, but Carnival are just, they're just so good. But I always forget that they're a guitar band, even though it's obvious mm. when you listen to it because you hear guitars. Um, but I think similarly to Leprous, I'm there for your massive big choruses vocal hooks okay. sing along experiences don't bore us get to the chorus <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it yeah. and uh, but it's done well it's it's because it is content even though uh, Carnival have been around forever mm. um, and haven't really released music in ages it's it's still very contemporary it's not yeah it's not kind of 80s guitar solos or anything like that it's mm. it's kind of just a really, really, what's the word? A nice package of melody <laughs> and interplay, interplay between all the instruments. Nice. And it's um, just some really nice musical choices. And uh, yeah, they were really no nonsense. They're, yeah, as I say, they're Australian. So there's the the wit and directness that I, and, and honestly, actually, they're one of the things that strikes you as you're like, it's so genuine. They were very, they were so appreciative for everyone to be there. That's cool. But in a very genuine way. Mm. And um, I was lucky enough to meet their front man many years ago and a uh, very, very funny guy. But, and the, the, but the Australian charm really oozes through, even in the sure. performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and, and, and yeah, Ian Kenny, the singer, is, I said this to someone. And I get, maybe I get, I get a little bit carried away with the latest and greatest thing I've heard. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. He is the best, Bard from Leprous, best drummer in the world. You know, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Ian Kenny from Carnival is such a good frontman. Mm. It's like everything you want from a kind of a contemporary rock guy. It's, it's few words. When he says words, they're like. Meaningful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaningful. Uh, performance is so he's, he's a for those who don't know he's a kind of a very clean uh massive range kind of singer okay so not a screen he's not a screamy metal dude and um but yeah just note perfect the whole time wow uh and commanding the stage but not like he wasn't he wasn't everywhere climbing the rafters and everything mm. just cool and calm and collected nice. and uh just nailed it and it's yeah it's so good to see it's in fact that's a lyric uh yeah it's um it's just it was very inspiring very very inspiring to see that kind of like maturity and experience uh and really it, it feels like almost old school in a way like they've been going such a long time mm -hmm. and uh but just just great and it was completely sold out everyone's singing along nice great atmosphere like electric and uh i was also thinking it was 2015 so eight years ago if you're i guess age 23 right now you'd mm. have been 15 when they last played here so probably sure. didn't see them sure so i imagine there's a lot of kind of younger dudes who seen them for the first time mm. and uh yeah having a great time 
Yeah, I think. So yeah, I I don't. I, I my relationship with Carnival is um, it's Carnival, right? First of all, mm-hmm. first. Okay, great. With a K. Um, my experience with them is that Adam is a big fan of them, and he would uh, Burton from Rocky Roots. Uh, he uh would play them in the van sometimes, and I'd be like, ah. Oh. And uh, funny enough, it would be like the riff or something like that. I'd be like, "This is great. Who's this?" And he'd be like, "Carnival." And that's it. Would always be the answer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've never quite pressed go on them. So I don't know that much about them. Like I say, only sort of very vi- vicariously. So uh, are they for like a four or five, four or five piece? They are a five piece. So okay. two guitars, bass, vocals, drums. Okay, and like similarly they- technical in that sense. Similarly technical to... And like leprous kind of... Or maybe kind of like... I, uh, yeah, I, would, I'd actually, I, would, I thought I'd actually, of them more closer to monuments, maybe. No, I'd, I'd say they're closer to leprous. Okay. It's very musical. Uh, I'd say the guitar play is probably a little bit more... There's there's a an edge of like new metal influence okay. where in some of the riffs it's playing at like a 5150. Nice. Uh, one of the guys. I think they both do, actually. Anyway. Um... But it's all all for the song. It's not like, nice. look how good I am. It's it's sure. just team effort, okay. and but everyone's exceptional. So mm. it's similar. I'd say similar in, to Leprous. It's kind of it's funny how the well, a like you're saying about the kind of showmanship. I think it's interesting. Like, I think certainly with bands of that ilk, as kind of guitarists are usually quite static uh, in those. Um, formats where you know they're just kind of focusing on what they're doing and funny enough i think it's also kind of a, a bit of a cultural thing i feel like you know like you know you can look at people and tell who they're influenced by by like kind of how they rock out on stage to some degree mm-hmm. so I, I wonder how much of a cultural element is there within that as in like that's just put on the monitor like that's what you do although i've seen periphery rock out a few times um this is definitely not, that's actually a good distinction. Okay. This is definitely not foot on the monitor. Okay. So th- that's, your, oh, okay. I think that's, there's, oh. there's a, that's a really nice, really nice little detail. I like that. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of got that, as you know, kind of Strandberg, like kind of vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Or, or, uh, who's the other brand I was, actually really nice. Uh, what are they called? Um, begins. Mayones. Mayones. That's exactly what I'm or thinking. Mayonnaise. Of. Mayonnaise. Um, mayonnaise. Um, yeah, like that kind of that kind of vibe. Anyway, um, but I think it makes it like triply important for the lead singer to kind of have some kind of charisma uh, and and kind of showmanship, just because there's such a void there. Funny enough, and and even even in some instances, uh, funny enough, I watched uh, a few videos of Tal Wilkenfield has been filling in. Uh, on base uh, for Incubus recently. Um, She was... I know Incubus. uh, She's an incredible uh, bassist, usually closer to the kind of jazzier, funkier, poppier side of things. Um, She famously kind of played with Jeff Beck and and, and others. Um, I think Herbie Hancock, I think maybe she played for as well. All the big kind of names on that that side of the fence, if that makes sense. Um, And funny enough, watching her play with Incubus, I was like, ah, oh, Brandon is kind of the the guy. Like, no one else really mm. moves. Like, Mike doesn't really move that much. And Tal was, I think she just kind of 
was getting her head down. So it's funny how, and I think Ben actually probably the the, the um, usual bass player, he he moved kind of you know a fair amount, but it's like Brandon's like the focal point. Um, mm. I think it's I think it's interesting that kind of chemistry as to like where it falls, and I think with experience, I think it's really interesting to see how those how that chemistry kind of sort of peters out and how, how it, how it's how, not peters out, how it, how it kind of settles mm-hmm. and like, who are the, who are the key characters and like, what do they do that kind of elevate that experience and who also kind of sort of drops back as well. And I think that's always kind of quite interesting. I don't if I caught a Chili Peppers interview where they said, I think Anthony Kiedis said, no, there's always been three frontmen of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I was like, that's really interesting because they are such big characters. That's, even though that's really true. Even though John isn't, if that makes sense, like he's he's a very sort of shy creature, if that makes sense. But at the same time, he's a he's just so in, enamored and so revered, and his movements captivate people so much. When when you'd be lucky, you get a word out of him, maybe at the show, if at all. I but it, but I think I think that's part of it. You know, um, there's a phrase about. Uh, if you go to a, if you don't go to a party, your presence is there in your absence. Kind of sure, I can't remember sure. The phrase. Um, but I think also that that's very important. Having if every some bands is like right, everyone's everyone's going for it, and you're yeah. like, wow, cool, jeez. But uh, I I like it when there's I find it as captivating when when one of the members might be sitting back. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates it's like dynamic almost, just mm-hmm. in, even in movement. It's probably, I guess, people into dance or something would probably know more than sure. I do about that. But um, yeah, and so I feel like, like with the chilies, you know, you guarantee that fleas on one end just going absolutely batshit, and mm. then Kiedis moves a bit slower with his kind of funky dance moves, mm. and then Frusciante's diligently studying in the mm. corner. Yeah. And uh, but that that's you go. It's it's visually interesting because you move from one to the other during watching them, and then you've obviously got Chad at the back, mm. less leg movement, but giving it all arms. Um, yeah, no, I, I I enjoy that, and um, but it's it is really interesting to see what everyone brings, and I don't think in many cases this is a massive assumption, but I'd I'd hazard a guess that it's mostly almost like a show of personality than planned you know it's just it's a uh, how you move together is just yeah like a visual version of how you get on together and what your personality is like uh, and how you kind of relate how you onto a big topic here but yeah how you kind of uh, exercise your music if you like I think that's a very interesting idea (laughs) I feel like we. I feel like I'm like trying to kind of thought. I did like, uh, you know, think it through. I I think it'd be really hard to know. I think with experience, maybe, and 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 that's kind of, kind of what I meant about. Like you're kind of paying for that experience. You know, they they have toured the world that many times, and that's that's what you're that's what you pay the money for. Is that you know? It's like paying for a you know really good doctor you they've done lots of i don't know or a surgeon they've done lots of surgeons <laughs> in surgeries <laughs> and that's what you're paying that money for you know why someone repairs 
your guitar. They've done 50 million guitars and that's, that's what mm-hmm. you, you know. I feel like that's the same. I, 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 can, I can only speak personally in that. For, for me, a long time, it was very forced because I, I didn't feel very comfortable. So I don't, and I would imagine that from anyone I've spoken to, people were kind of like, you know, it was like no different than when I was a teenager and I was listening to Korn. Mm-hmm. If someone said, go out and, I don't know, mosh out on stage or something, I would just imitate head or, do you know what I mean? And, you know, obviously as I, as I grew up, those idols would shift, you know, because I think that's the thing. You see them, you know, you see John Frusciante, you know, certainly like Slain Castle era where he's like just spinning around. Like, like I remember just, I, I can't think of anything cooler than that, you know. No, um, no. Everything, the shirt and, and the hair, you know, like that that fully informed everything. And, and then, you know, Incubus, I was a huge Incubus fan. Having a beanie in your back pocket and kind of, tight t-shirts and you know tucking your t-shirt in and all that kind of stuff like all that st- even the style of it i think as well so i think it's i think it's really interesting how how um like i say some people you know you think of like frank carter and how like mm-hmm. aggressively entertaining he is but at the same time is, i guess that's that's verging on like a punk rock mentality i guess yeah well yeah i mean it is yeah say? entirely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then some people are just super quiet and they're just as kind of just as uh, um, riveting, you know, it's fun. It's a funny, funny gravity that, that kind of operates in those, in those um, arenas. Certainly when you have like bands like that back to back, you know, I, I, again, I've said it here millions of times of so the, the John Mayer thing of like first act comes on and it's like, right, we're going to stick it to the second band. Second band comes on. They're like, right, we're going to stick it to the headliner. And the last band comes on. Like, thank God we got the hits, you know, because <laughs> uh, it's like that. It's such a true kind of, it's such a true format. Like you, it is that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a almost an unwritten thing, you know, like that's kind of the reason you're in that, those rungs of that ladder kind of thing. So mm. um, I think that's, um, I think, I think that's, I, I really like watching, watching that unfold certainly like with experienced bands like that as well must be uh as in they're all quite the names i've all heard of them you know like so i, was, mm-hmm. I think i think uh i think well and you're lucky as well i we don't get any of those shows here and and both of them up in up in london both in london yeah nice. yeah yeah and i yeah i just when it's when it's the right kind of thought-provoking musically interesting uh great songs great hooks sing along and then with i was just thinking then when you when you're talking like that that, that dose of hu- humbleness mm. you know even um Ina, the frontman from leprous uh spoke a lot more than when i last saw them and just very self-depreciating self-aware uh just light and uh relaxed and it's nice. it's it's such a compliment to the music it's it's just it's a very that's my preference i think uh over over the years it's um and andy Kiedis is kind of the same very light very jovial sure um some obviously when you get into more metal uh bands it's kind of 
bit more full on, mm. you know. But I do kind of like, almost like the I'm hosting a, a jazz evening, you know. <laughs> sure. Sit down, enjoy your champagne or whatever. And uh, it's, it's just very light mm -mm. and ent like an entertainer in the in the kind of purest possible way mm -mm. um yeah i like that you're like a comedy compare or something you know? sure sure, cracking sure jokes more corralled right? into, into yeah <laughs> just crack a joke stuff in a beer and just you know just sure. stand there all night you know? well, it, I, yeah it reflects as well i feel like um something i used to say to uh, people all the time is i i really felt like the adage of like oh you know, a horse can sense your emotion. And, you know, undoubtedly, you know, there would be times I would go on and something would happen or something would happen on the show and I would be annoyed about it or, you know, not feeling very well or, or whatever. Or uh, adversely, everything would be going great and I'd be really happy. And I feel like, I always felt like the audience could tell that. Mm -hmm. And if anything, sometimes that would compound a feeling of if I wasn't feeling that great or, I was angry about something. I would feel like there's like a guilt, you know, to it because I would see people having a like a really great time, you know, whatever, you know, and 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 you know, catching eye contact with people and maybe you'll be annoyed about. And and again, that just makes you want to not be annoyed, but also it makes mm -hmm. you annoyed that you're annoyed, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that then reflects a, a show, you know, like you say. I feel like there is such a, um, you know, like whether we whether we care to admit it or not i feel like there is like a you are not judging i don't know what the word is but like there is such a like a, a not a desire but there you know you're kind of looking at these people to emanate something that you want you know mm -hmm. whether that's like oh man john shanae's up there and i love his hair and it looks you know and it's like so superficial <laughs> as well you know like it's like fuck he looks so cool you know uh you know, he's improvising, oh, man, I just wish I could, you know, whatever. You know, like, there is such a, you know, men want to be him, <laughs> you know, women want to love him, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a funny, it, it's so true, I think, you know, even in a, even in a, there's a, like a, a funny reflection. I think there's much, I'm sure there's studies done on it, but I think it, it's an interesting, like, like we've spoken about, you know, if bands don't look how you imagine them, like that can be quite dissonant mm -hmm. or it's part of your romance towards a band can be kind of how they look. And I think on a base level, there's still, a, there's a desirability and a kind of like a fancying to some degree. Do you know, do you know what I mean? You, you like the way they look and the way they talk and, you know, you listen to their interviews and, you know, whatever, and you like what they say. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, like you, you buy into you buy into the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And funny, the last thing just made me think. I think as well, like hearing you talk like that about, you know, Bard and a few other people, it made me think about like how sometimes stuff like that, like certainly in, on that level of musicianship, which is on another level, there's also like a, um, like a kind of traveling circus-like feeling to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and now the incredible, you know, like it's, <laughs> but it's so true, you know, amongst those circles, you know, like, and we were lucky to see them in, um, I think it was Eindhoven. Oh, and, nice. um, and yeah, like we were just like, as soon as he sat down at the kit, we're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You know, like, yeah. and mm -hmm. there is like a, 
yeah, like a, I can only think of the word like stoked, <laughs> but something where you're just like, this is going to be amazing. Like I remember Thomas Pridgen when he was playing for the Mars Volta. I remember oh hearing God, him I mean, like what? sitting down at the kit and just like they used to do that. Did you see that? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to like every concert that I could literally by myself. Uh, it was great. Um, and yeah, like seeing him come on the kit and like they used to do the thing where Omar used to, they used to just make loads of noise like, and go into like Goliath or Cotopaxi or something like that. And, um, and so obviously as soon as Thomas Pridgen comes on and like the kick is just like, like he's just like literally just testing the kit or whatever. I remember funny enough, Daryl was with me at the time. I remember just being like, this is going to be so sick. Like I can't, uh, there's such a, rah, do you know what I mean? Like Sh- shivers, but it is a funny, there is like, you know, like a, you know, like a traveling circus, you dance for me type, type feeling to it, but it's, <laughs> it's an, sort of an exhibition, like kind of crystal palace maybe like, yeah. but it is a funny thing. That feeling it's like, you know, and you know, an, an amazing guitarist is going to be there or amazing singer. And you're like, I can't wait to, I know what you're going to sing. And I know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to see but you it's like, it. see it with your own eyes. <laughs> In the flesh. Yeah, you've yeah. got to see it to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I think that's, it's an interesting dynamic, I think of, I think of shows is that there is like a yeah, experience, it, like you know, but it is, it is true. Like, you know, like, you know, if we were going to go to a show, if we were going to that show, I'd be like, oh, Bard is so sick. Like, it's going to be amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, it's funny how so, like that, yeah. that, that's... A lot that, of pressure. Yeah, and it kind of is a part of the music as well, whether we want it or not. It's kind of not not like he certainly doesn't... I don't think he overplays. I think he, he, he definitely does an amazing job of playing the parts to the level that he does and they don't overshadow the music. I think that's what he's really good at um, is, is actually playing something. Because usually technical, the closer you get to technical the further from the song you get but mm-hmm. i think what, he, what, he, what they do really well is is kind of riding that line really really beautifully i i, I seem to remember one part of the show I, I don't know the song but he was just kind of playing a tom fill that was just kind of sort of penduluming and and kind of just just kind of sort of a rubatoing uh, its way along and just kind of swaying with the time and just drifting out of time drifting back in mm-hmm. um and and we i just thought i was such a cool idea and such a simple part, yeah. but but yeah. just just so simple and so effective, but also incredibly difficult um, to pull off. In, you know, so. yeah, it's the restraint is part. Of, you could. It's almost like I I watch that guy going. You just look like you want to play everything now, mm-hmm. but you're not, yeah. and so every hit has everything you're not playing in it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're squeezing the most out of the lemon, mm-hmm. trying to like <laughs> get yeah get out your whatever it is you're trying to exercise, mm-hmm. uh, and so like yeah, it just it's 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 like a pent up, and then when it does when there is that release, mm. it's just a more satisfying for, for it. You know? Oh, and and that's the story as well. You know, it's 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 um, funny. Enough, it made me think of. Um, this isn't the John Fashante episode, I promise, but um, <laughs> but it should be, uh, is that I remember seeing uh, Justin Hawkins do a video on the Chili Peppers and um, 
I think he was reviewing, maybe it's Black Summer or something like that mm -hmm. for his channel. And um, he was like, yeah, like not really into his guitar playing. You know, he usually kind of just plays and, and kind of he was, you know, as someone who, you know, really, really knows John Frusciante. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Aficionado. Aficionado. Yeah. Um, he was kind of referencing the kind of Californication era of, of kind of playing like very kind of simple static notes and maybe kind of spilled into by the way as well, but mm -hmm. kind of that sort of percussive, but also quite kind of, well, not staccato, but, but, but kind of maybe spiccato, like, but just kind of sort of single notes, no vibrato. Yeah. Kind of, kind of element to it. And and it's interesting to see like all the comments be like, oh man, he's he's so much more than that, guys. You know, like Justin, you should check this out. And I'm thinking I was one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah, you're the only person, Justin, as an official. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> mate, please. I saw your brother yeah. once at an orange thing, and <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think like. It's interesting as well how, like, there's also that element of like, like, oh, we know what he's about, and like when he's playing, we're like we know yeah. what he could do, and we know like, and it's also like, oh, John isn't isn't into that right now. Like he's not into that kind of stadium arcadium like level of playing where he was kind of very flashy you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. And like, even now it's very different. And by the way, it was very different. And, you know, it, it, each kind of era had very different kind of approach. And I think as well, like there is that, that element to it as well. Same with like the Mars Voltos. Like, are they going to play one song today for two hours? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to play 10 songs today? You know, like, are they going to walk off the stage? You know, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? You know, but like, if they are in a good mood, this is going to be a really good show. You know? And nice. like, that was almost like a woven into... You know, kind of Guns N' Roses, I suppose, as well. But more oh, famous. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to be two hours late after the, the full chicken dinner? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the John Frusciante thing, I definitely have spoken to more, uh, uh, I guess, flashy kind of guitar players who mm. struggle with uh, the Californication, super clean and plinky solos, sure. you know. But and but he but can do I'm so much like, more. Oh, Matt, man. Matt, yeah, he but can do, he, yeah, he's, he, Matt, Matt. Matt, he can do so much. That's not all the. That's not all there is, guys. To John Frusciante, you know, he's just choosing to do that for the song, man. Yeah. You know, not because it's the limit of his ability. We don't all have to play on the edge. Anyway. That's, anyway. So you cool. went to these gigs in London. I did. And that is further from your usual abode and residence. Okay. Upon the kind of you know, on top of the cost of the ticket. What was the environmental impact of your journey oh. to London twice in a week? Um, that's a good point. There, <laughs> uh, and a perfectly segued. <laughs> and also, I, I took me a ages. I've always known the word segue. Uh, but when it's written down, does not look like how you think it should. A sug, a sea, <laughs> segway, sweet, a segway. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, perfectly segued. I thought it'd be a nice idea today. I don't think it's a topic we've touched on specifically. No. Specifically, uh, that was an ocean reference. Um, so yeah, the environment, and it's obviously we all know it. We all live in it in some form or another. Mm. 
and it has an increasing impact and relevance to our lives. Um, well, you know, it probably did once upon a time, but we lost that for a while. <laughs> um, I just thought it'd be a nice idea to, yeah, talk about how how it, it's what's its relevance to music. Um, and obviously, that's a it's a huge topic. Mm-hmm. There are many different elements to it. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be quite interesting. I, I've been thinking for a while. In fact, one of the, the thoughts that pops into my head regularly is CDs. Okay. Right. C- CDs. Now, some people buy them, and mm-hmm. I've seen artists still produce them. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a market there still. Uh, however, it used to be, as we all know, the main form of music consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, peak 90s, I guess. Um, and I go, okay, so you look at the charts best-selling albums of whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone sold a million singles. And you're like, okay, this is before streaming. So someone made a million CDs sure. in their plastic jewel cases. And a million different people, maybe less because a few people would be mm-hmm. super fans and bought a stack, mm-hmm. um, bought these for one ninety nine or whatever, two ninety nine, probably up to three ninety nine. Mm. Um, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> Under your and feet, it's, it's, Matthew. Under your feet. Maybe, maybe under the sea. <laughs> uh, sorry, was that a Little Mermaid reference? It was. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd, uh, yeah, I just think about this quite regularly. And it's, it's, I think it's a valid thought. It's probably one of those thoughts you don't want to stew on too long because mm. then you start to ponder, well, where are all the 80s televisions? And, uh, sure. and then the problem compounds and you start to have a meltdown. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's obviously environmental. So I'm looking at my phone because I've got um, some stats for you. Oh, okay, to, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I thought I'd do a bit of research yeah, yeah, yeah. um but the, uh, in my mind personally there's uh, a definite movement towards kind of more sustainable products at least and mm. more sustainable movements uh yeah it's probably wider than just my mind i think we all know that mm. that's a thing uh and it's kind of feels like baby steps you know people exploring different ideas and in music and art i guess there's a lot of the first people to a you know, make the point of, hey, there's a problem. <laughs> and then B, try and solutionize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, come up with cool new ideas uh, kind of with, through the medium of their art or whether it's, you know, a band releasing a song recorded in the normal way, but through a diff- releasing it via a different medium mm-hmm. or as an artist presenting art uh, to make the point that we need to do something to change something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I'm really interested in it and I always have been, uh, I'm a man of the countryside. Mm. So although I live in a city now, um, but my roots are kind of, yeah, very countrysidey and it's, I like nature. Who doesn't? Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, more recently, so I've, I've kind of had those thoughts and then more recently seen, uh, artists doing the stuff to make the change. And like I say, I feel it's small steps, but you know, 
positive, positive small steps in that, you know, it's big, big stuff, big topics um, and change isn't overnight. So it's good to see something happening. Um, but yeah. What, what kind of originally brought this to the forefront of your mind? Was there something that kind of triggered? Um, I've just been, yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking and pondering okay. about sustainability. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, 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 it's the thing. Okay. It's, I don't... There is there isn't anything else. If we live in a world powered by well, products and services. Um products wise, they're made out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh we all buy them in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And generally the there's a life of every product. So from concept to disposal, which doesn't have to end there, it could be then recycled and then you start again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in general, the standard or the uh, progression or the, um, yeah, we're not very good at it yet. We're not very good at, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I'm old school. So old products were made to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, many new products are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore the life cycle thing becomes more apparent. So if you had something that was, not very good for the environment, but lasted a thousand years. Mm-hmm. If you average out that bad impact, it might be quite small. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have something environmentally friendly or more uh, that lasted one year or 10 years, then it actually could be worse. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of fascinated by this. And yeah, as a perfectionist, trying to go like pond like how like what is the best what's the best way of doing it sure um so so for, for example to give you some context please uh uh vinyl vinyl is one of the things i thought okay it's now come back so cds i've already ticked that box as a problem but mm-hmm. it's kind of gone away and they're, they're obsolete more or less mm-hmm. vinyls come back into circulation which you kind of go oh it's a physical product it's great it supports bands mm-hmm. um the medium vinyl is made from is uh, plastic from petrochemicals, mm. uh, PVC, um, and obviously, our, it's it's by its very nature the properties of it are that it's it doesn't wear away very easily. Mm-hmm. So it's used for things like uh, water pipes, okay, which is great because you don't want your water pipes to wear away because mm-hmm. by that nature you'd be drinking it, sure, uh, or you get a leak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so vinyl. If the needle goes over it, you listen to it a thousand times, it's better that it doesn't wear away because yep. it'll start to sound rubbish. Um, so it needs to be robust. The I think pa- packaging was one of the first things to kind of be highlighted. get the box ticked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've mentioned this one before, brought some props. This is Oceans by Ryex and Oliver Arnolds from a couple of years ago. Nice. Um, so... The packaging is made from kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's intended to be as, and actually Oliver Arnold's website is really honest about this. Um, it's intended to be as environmentally friendly as possible, but admits it's not perfect. So the packaging is made from some kind of seaweed, uh, seaweed paper kind of vibe. It's called Oceans, and there's some donations made to Surfers Against Sewage, uh, who are a charity that... Uh, kind of fundraise to protect the oceans uh, 
in the UK at least, there's a big issue with um, dumping of sewage into the sea, mm. which isn't good. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely little vinyl, um, a little seven-inch single. Uh, and there's a, a for those of you who know about vinyl, there's different kind of grades of weight. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that a thicker vinyl is has more depth and clarity, and, but obviously it uses more plastic. So mm -hmm. um, on the flip side, you might want a thinner vinyl because it's more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, I've there's another record I've got here, Idols Crawler, uh, which is a limited edition uh, eco mix. It's called, and it's so eco mix is quite popular. Um, eco mix again. Mm -hmm. So the idea with eco mix mm. is that uh, the waste products from you cutting your discs mm. are formed into new vinyl. Okay. So depending on how you do that, obviously if you mix a lot of different colour plastic together, you'll end up with brown. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Which is kind of like the, yeah, Undesirable. it's all brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess then if someone's smarter than me, probably, uh, went, let's put them in different bins. And sure. so I've actually just opened this this morning, uh, but I bought it a while ago. Um, the one thing I'd say is this doesn't seem to prioritise packaging in the standard cardboard. And this is actually, whilst it looks like a uh, recycled card, it actually looks like a print on white on white card. So, um, But the vinyl itself is, look at this, green okay. with some little... Um, little specks of uh, black in it. Okay. But the idea is that it's, it's limited to 2,000 uh, copies of the Ecomix. Uh, and quite a lot of people are doing this as well now. Um, but everyone's different. So sure. it's kind of... Uh, kind of like your... Uh, your wonky veg argument. Yeah, yeah, lucky you dip like, kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah did... The the everyone went in the direction of we need to make sure everyone is the same mm -hmm. through no one really asked but through human sure. advancement we decided that yeah they all need to be the same uh, so but undoing that a little bit and going actually people would buy wonky veg less yeah. waste and cheaper mm -hmm. and same with this it's kind of cool to say oh look yours won't be it'll be a bit different to mm -hmm. your mate's one. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. But it's, cool. It's, it's still, it's an improvement, I would say, but it um, doesn't go all the way. Sure. What would you, is there something, I mean, f for argument's sake, uh, thinking about CDs over vinyl, mm -hmm. I was kind of, when you said that, I was kind of thinking of like, well, you know, for example, being that for the most part, vinyl is consumed by, people who are looking to cherish it and let's say for argument's sake, you know, you buy a vinyl and as always there's, as with any, I mean, this entire space here is filled with things that I've bought at a premium because I want to own a, or feel maybe some kind of ownership over something, um, of any medium that I, you know, I cherish, whether that's a book, you know, I want the deluxe cover with stickers and whatever, or like, um, you know, a, 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 one of the mangas I 
uh, by they just brought out like a deluxe version and it's the guy who drew them drew the pictures basically so detailed and so big that they could blow up the size so you actually get it in an even bigger oh nice um format etc etc you know and for the vinyls you know deluxe paper print da 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 embossed whatever like that's that's the porn right that's where all the that's you know it's why I have you know it's why I want them here it's why I want to build a cupboard at the back you know and 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 be able to just you know combine my two loves chopping down trees and um (laughs) uh uh and and you know showing off this um big wadge of plastic and paper um like like how do you how do you balance those things like could on one hand i'm like oh okay well you know i'm not throwing them away but mm-hmm. then am i being naive enough to think within my own lifetime would my son just see these and be like he's dead just bin him Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so that's, you know, let's say 60 years maybe if, you know, I might have had some of them for at the end of my life. Um, So like, is that, you know, uh, like, where, where do you, where, just with vinyl, because I feel like with CDs, a little more throwaway. I have some CDs that I've kept that mm-hmm. are special editions or like rare ones that I've got and singles, um, like early demos and EPs from people and stuff like that. So like, I, I I feel like with the nature of vinyl, that it's a kind of collector's thing, you know, like does that negate some, somewhat of it or is it still kind of an argument of like, it's not fast fashion is, is maybe what I'm kind of, you know, hinting at. It's not like you get home, you burn sure. the vinyl to your MP3 and then, and then, and burn, then it. burn it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, is it kind of thinking outside of 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 your own lifespan? You know, is it just going to go in the bin at some point, and and then you know, where does that go? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a really, really valid point, and um, I think something uh, we've talked a little bit, I think, about like the buy good by once idea. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, something like vinyl has an intrinsic. Uh, kind of like emotional value mm-hmm. uh and collectability and apart from if for those who listened a few months ago when i found well my friend found a box of vinyl in a mm. bin and <laughs> oiked it out uh i guess a lot of it has uh there's, there's a lot of vinyl out there mm. and not all of it has kind of cultural uh, or intrinsic value mm. um you know if it's a an original press of dark side of the moon sure uh, you know, maybe that will be kept in an airtight sleeve in a humidity and mm-hmm. uh, temperature controlled room and passed on for mm-hmm. all of time. Uh, if it's, you know, the vinyl that I did last week that no one likes, maybe, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Uh, may, yeah, it, it, I guess it depends. But in general, yes, you're right in that it isn't fast fashion and it is. it has quite a high, uh, the people who invest in it, have care mm. for for the medium um i would yeah there's no guarantee what your kids are going to do with it um, no and it's one man's trash kind of argument isn't it sort of sure you know like sure it, it, it's you know uh, 
for every person collecting it, is there someone who's just like, don't know, never liked Nine Inch Nails or something, do you know what I mean? And, and put it in yeah. the bin or, or something like that. I think. I like, guess. You, I guess you'd hope that the responsibility of the next people would be if they didn't want it, they'd flog it. Or it's like the classic, sure. oh, uh, found my granddad's 59 Les Paul in the loft and mm. flogged on eBay for sure. 100 quid. Uh, and so someone else would find the value. It's, so as long as that person didn't literally chuck it in the bin. I think, and, and I'd be interested, oh, I'll start with one question because I like answering, asking lots of long-winded ones. Um, is there someone you think, or an example of someone you think is doing it right? Oh. Um, not that springs to mind, to be honest. I, I, I do think the reason I bought this Oliver Arnold's and Ryex uh, vinyl is is because I liked purely, don't know the song. I still don't know the song. Mm. I've, I've never listened to the vinyl. Okay. That, I haven't had a record player set up for a while, so that's my excuse. But the reason I bought it is due to the concept of okay. uh, the environmental angle. And maybe by... So that was sort of wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I was just going to say. So you, just kind of, my... you just kind of bought it when, for example, if you and other people didn't buy it, then the demand would be less and they would make less and thus have a smaller environmental impact. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But oh, you I know what? I know Oliver and I'll tell him. <laughs> so one I'll in 2,000 people Mate, do you want to have just, a listen to that. Do you want to start reducing the demand? <laughs> well, that's the key. That's uh, the key. That, actually, that is, a, that is a valid point. It's um, like the difference between need and want. Hmm. So... Did I need it? No. Did I want it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did I? Yeah. And it's. I think every purchasing decision is uh, has uh, you're weighing that up, mm. really. Um, and it is all relative because yeah, enormously. Yeah. Like, does this water bottle keep me alive? Mm. Well, yes, because I can drink water now. But could I do that in another means? Mm. You know, if I didn't drink water during this podcast, would I be okay? Probably. Mm. I could just go downstairs and drink for, straight from the tap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One less thing made. Just use your hand. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And funny enough, but, um, on the sorry, on the topic of water bottles, uh, my my next kind of point was then going to be, you know, and I'm we're just batting this around. This is not necessarily our opinions. For example, water bottle. Hmm. Funnily enough, we're in the market for a water bottle. Okay. And it's a very dry climate here. Um, I have these kind of glass ones that kind of have a bit of a shelf life to them. Um, but As in they break easily? Yeah, and they just get a bit rubbish easily. Um, it's actually the clasping element that usually is kind of degrades after. Like mine's already getting a bit rusty and horrible. I've cleaned it quite a few times. Um but for example, and yeah, just you have them, you drop them. Um, yeah, and my son's obsessed with it, so he also encourages uh, the dropping. Um, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing because, in like, for example, you know, like um, we like to go on long walks, and um, we've kind of got like, you know, the heavy stuff, big bag, big blood. If we're going on like a family walk and we need to have loads of stuff for him and da-da-da mm. and coat and like the whole thing here with the weather is that 
you kind of bring a lot of things, but you you actually, you know, you walk cold and you kind of just layer as, as appropriate. Blah, 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 blah. But we were like, oh, we really want like a casual water bottle. One for him, he drinks a hell of a lot of water as well at the moment. And, and one for us. And, and then it's like, well, you know, undoubtedly the best material is some kind of plastic and having a mm-hmm. reusable one is great. And we'll probably reuse that water bottle forever. There's no, unless we'd lose it, there's no reason that we'd replace it. As for him, most likely. Um, so we, again, you know, onto the idea of like buy good, you know, we, we, since we've moved here, we've done that a hell of a lot because things just don't last or they just don't really do a great job, you know, certainly with the outdoor side of things. And that's kind of very much informed our, not necessarily our fashion, but our, what we wear is that, mm-hmm. you know, like your trousers just get soaked all the time or, you know, or whatever. It's, something's warm or cold or, you know, like it's very warm in the houses or very cold outside. So you kind of want, you know, you kind of have to adapt in that sense. Um, so then it's like, well, should you never buy, make anything out of plastic? As in like, it, it does that negate that? We're going to use those three water bottles. And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe my son might, I don't know, he might want a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one later or something. But, you know, we've, we're going to buy be- really good brand, best Camelback, whatever, some, some great brand, reusable all the time. You know, how should we, is that still, you know, are we still like, should we just stop mm. buying plastic? Or is there like some that's like, oh, well, that's fine. That's meant to be there. Uh, maybe, maybe as an, a, a smaller answer is that, well, could you pass it to your son? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, is he going to drink out of my water bottle? I mean, it's, technically it's sanitary, but maybe the idea is more of a problem, you know, like, just like, cheers, dad. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't give him my old pants. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, but I think it's it's in in coming with this topic to this podcast, mm. I am very aware that there is no one. It's a complex issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and a multifaceted uh, issue or topic. There is no one easy answer for that kind of thing. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm not an expert in like all the refining, but mm. you know, plastic comes as part of the consequence of refining oil. Mm. Uh, I always remember that diagram, you know, with the, the triangle. Almost like yeah. distil- it's distillation Distillery, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. at different temperature points, it pops out. Um, and so, as long as we say you were making loads of petrol, for instance, to satisfy that demand, uh, then you probably end up with lots of the other stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. to make plastic stuff. So it's better, I guess, maybe use it rather than chuck it in sure. the bin mm-hmm. uh, at that point. But again, yeah, it's, it's, it's so even to say, just saying this on a very top level, it's so complex. Um, but yes, it's, I guess uh, with the water bottle example, if you're going to have a reusable one, then I guess try and make sure that it's what something you like and want and it's good for its purpose because mm-hmm. then you're you're likely to keep it longer. Interesting. If you if you're really keen on this, I often have quite a few different ones mm. on in, okay. in shop, and uh, no one may have ever noticed. But there's a little bit of an inside scoop. And uh, I actually this is a Camelback. It's it's green and it's a well, their liter version. And I particularly like this design. I think you brought that here. 
So you say that, oh. and you would be correct. However, uh, I have... This is the first litre version I've had. Oh. Before that, I had many of the 750 mil, which I prefer the size of. It's okay. a, it bulges out less, and it's easiest to carry in your hand. Uh, it has a great hook uh, for your handle, yeah. uh, like a handle for your fingers. How much so does it can, retail at? Uh, <laughs> it, this is, this is website? varies for 10 to 15 pounds. Okay. This is like... This is like TV shopping channel. Yeah. Uh, the best thing about it actually is that the magnetic, uh, I hope I'm describing this well for you audio listeners, mm. it has a magnetic uh, a lid thing okay. to keep it open. So when you're drinking, it doesn't smash you in the face. Sure. Um, and it's pretty durable. It looks it. So, however, this is a confession time, I probably owned 10 to 15 of these. Okay. Because, what was the reason? Uh, yeah, yeah. What was the reason for the? Uh, I they, I always had the black one and the smaller one, uh, and I really love it, mm. and hence buying it multiple times. Uh, which, I, but I mean, I'm laughing at that. But I probably, st- if I'd bought the equivalent of disposable water bowls, I'd, be I'd have bought f- far more. Yeah, yeah, yeah and this yeah, was yeah. over a period of many years. Uh, they just sometimes I, it's a, it's an object that it's very easy to lose. Sure. In my head. So uh, I did a lot of traveling. Uh, I have done a lot of traveling and they often get left in airports or in sure. toilets or whatever. Um, so, but I have this one now. Uh, but like I say, for if you're really keen, I have a yellow metal water bowl, okay. which I bought maybe getting on a year. It must be a year ago now. Um, it's about eight pounds from a local shop here. And... I've dropped it and it's a bit dented. Some of the paints come off. Okay. But I've I've never lost it because it's yellow. True, true. Sure, it's sure. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there. My only thing is if it's really cold outside, metal gets cold. Right. So sure. it's too big to put in your pocket and then your hands get freezing. Um anyway, but it's a it's a it's a and I guess metal is more recyclable than plastic. I well, guess. I was going to say, like, it's an interest. And I think, you know, the line for so much of these things are like a, it's like a, you know, kind of planetary equinox of things aligning and and there being the right, conditions and you know the financial elements and the societal elements and the kind of demand and where we are culturally I think like you know like we're saying about the CD you know that kind of drifted away Mm -hmm. and you know probably quite a hard thing to sort of uh, measure and then like Mm -hmm. you're saying I know there definitely are they are a a, a, you know, a fair amount still being made, but you, again, like you say, it, would, it, it may be, I don't, it's, it's either one or the other. It's either sizable enough for there to be some measurable impact or it's so enormously overshadowed by everything else, you know, by the, you know, f- f- factory production, you know, that it's so, it is, you know, when you think of all the things, the plastics that you own for mm-hmm. cheap, durable-ish, 
materials. Think of all the kind of, I mean, I'm surrounded by them, looking at them now, my keyboard and my mouse and all this kind of stuff. You know, moving away from that is... I mean, the first wall is 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 certainly cost, and I think I think cost is seemingly the 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 big issue, right? I I think it everything is kind of you know I always remember that particular time in English history when Jamie Oliver was trying to save everyone's um, school dinners. Um, if you don't know, Jamie Oliver is a kind of pretty famous chef from the the UK. And he made a program where he was going to save school dinners and the idea was to get, get them better school dinners. And the idea was that that would hopefully then enable the kids at home as well. Maybe they would eat better dinners and he would speak to some kids and they'd be like, oh, I've never had a you know an apple before. And he was just like, oh my God, can't believe you've, you, you've not. And it, obviously the big reason it failed was that he was trying to convince them to eat, you know, uh, free range chicken and organic mm-hmm. fruit and veg and whatever. And it was the cost that, that kind of was the big, I remember, you know, I, I have a vague memory of like some mother certainly arguing with, with, with him. And that that was the real wall. And, and seemingly, you know, obviously that culturally as well, you know, that was kind of just like, well, that's a luxury item type thing. You know, I can afford you know, I can get this four pack of chicken from, for, you know, a quarter of the price or whatever. And this is, mm-hmm. this is where we are, you know. And I think it's the same kind of issue again, you know, like looking towards trying to create sustainable or more sustainable um, items is that they would cost more. You know, my, my, if I'm, I, I'm sure making that vinyl cost more, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, if I wanted a non-plastic keyboard, it would cost more. And I wanted a non-plastic mouse or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, you wanted a non-plastic water bottle. I'm sure that would, that would cost more. And I feel like the best examples I've seen are focused on ways to monetize those elements or create like a, a kind of mechanism that either shifts the idea culturally or like shifts the idea financially in a way that that kind of you know accepts uh, I, I, I feel like it can certainly be a bit of a do or die thing in, in any I think it's it's uh, kind of like being vegan to some degree like you kind of you can you can set yourself up to fail a little bit you know publicly mm-hmm. if you are trying to create something you know sustainable that there'll be someone I'm sure who will find a an issue with that, you know, in some shape or form. Oh, totally. But like for, 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 and this isn't exactly right, but for argument's sake, like one of the best mechanisms I think I've heard from really shifting, like a really, really clever idea was when you spoke about the, um, the venues trust. Oh, music venue trust. Music yeah, venue yeah, yeah. trust, where the idea was that, you know, there's these aging venues around the country that are, whether it's noise pollution or whatever, or, or just the, 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 just going into bankruptcy, really. Um, mm-hmm. Finding a way to invest and, spe- and basically save these um, venues 
what they did was essentially, as you explained, was that they made it where you could essentially buy into the venue. So they essentially bought the venue and you are kind of buying in like a share almost, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they, music venue properties, essentially buy up the freehold, buy all these venues uh, with a kind of uh, crowdfunded approach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but better than that. You're, you're like you might get a t-shirt for a, a perk in a Indiegogo or Kickstarter mm-hmm. campaign. Uh, you get, or, or the product, you get a return on your investment. So they, you're kind of trusting them to say, we'll buy this venue for a million pounds. Uh, a million people have put in a quid or whatever the math is, mm-hmm. 100,000 people a tenner. Uh, and then you get a quid back every year. Sure. And they have the knowledge, network and know-how and I guess scalability uh, to, to turn that to a profit and uh, kind of solve a lot of the challenges and issues that an independent owner would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe maybe the as well the political kind of, uh, what's the word, the kind of scale mm-hmm. uh, to, to influence and maybe policymakers and that kind of thing to, to garner more support and they've got the reach to to make the issues more known and garner public support, this kind of thing. Mm. And and like I say, I, I just think that's one of the best, like, aren't solutions I've heard in like 20 years. I, I just think it just, it's so clever. It's so, so clever and 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 solves so many problems and in the right way. Again, the the, the problem is, you can't like we can't turn it off for a myriad of reasons like pick any avenue you're not going to change you know fossil fuel product you know well fossil not production but you know fossil fossil fueling <laughs> um overnight so you know it's a funny funny movable goalpost because then it's it like well like I say do you just buy the best products you can that we'll still eventually do those kinds of yeah, it will still degrade or, or, or won't, for example. Um, how do you, how do you, and, and what, I mean, I don't know if you kind of in your homework kind of camp anywhere where you, there are people trying to provide answers like. To, hmm. to yeah, there's, a, there's a lot, there's a lot kind of happening in that, in that world. And it does have, there's an element of um, obviously funding and uh, research and governmental support, which it seems quite strong. Um, the, a few points, the, uh, I guess one of the main things about, uh, you mentioned cost a few minutes ago and, uh, and demand. Uh, so you say if you, you're not going to turn off fossil fuel, fossil fuel production overnight, if, if, if everyone in the world just stopped, if just didn't buy anything else, mm. just stopped. Mm. That would solve the problem. But then you're, you're causing other problems. So right. it's, and it's it unrealistic. Just, and it just would never, ever happen. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Probability is a different thing. Yeah. But yeah, you, practically you are, uh, okay, fine, I can't buy food for the supermarket because it's got plastic on it and it's been sure. transported halfway around the world. So I can't eat, so then I'll die. <laughs> so, sure. so you very quickly get to a dead end. Um, it, the the cost the the cost thing because uh, I, I assume when you're talking about cost, you're talking about it's you know nine ninety nine to buy or you know my twelve quid bottle or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's 
the costs in monetary terms. Mm. Um, if you're reprioritizing uh, a, a problem, I guess, uh, then the environmental cost is a cost mm. um, and you're kind of considering the cost over its product life. Sure. So um, from when the crude oil is extracted from the ground and processed into plastics and to me owning it and then doing what I do with it. And if I decide to recycle it, are the systems that recycle it mm. good or does it actually end up turning into something else that's useful sure. back in the system? Mm. Um, or, you know, does it just end up in landfill or burned, you know, which is common. Um, so, yeah, it is It is very complex. Um, the one thing I was going to say when you were talking about CDs, so I'm, I'm just trying to top up a lot of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loose, end, loose ends. But on the CDs thing... Uh, According to Wikipedia, by 2007, 200 billion CDs have been sold worldwide. Wow. Um, and I mean, I'm not sure how that compares to clothes pegs or sure. uh, anything else, mm. but it's a big number mm -mm. and everyone knows how big a CD is. Um, uh, the There's some stats on a... That was courtesy of Wikipedia, as I say... Uh, an independent article was talking about the millions of kilos produced uh, in plastic terms, um, which apparently in 1977, 58 million kilos of plastic in just the US was used to create uh, vinyl. Um, in 1988, peak year for cassettes, it was down to 56 million. CDs in 2000 was up to 61 million. Uh, and then it dropped to 8 million in 2016. So obviously, um, yeah, going digital has produced less plastic is the mm. conclusion. Um, but then that's just using plastic. And this article is saying it's possible to demonstrate this by translating uh, plastic production and electricity used to store and transmit digital audio files into greenhouse gas equivalents. Sure. So it's it's not a linear... Uh, conundrum. Um, so, greenhouse gas is from recorded music were 150 million kilos in 1977 in the US, 136 million in 1988, so less, and in 2157, so it's gone up. And then in 2016, they reckon 200 million kilograms. Um, oh no, so between 200 and 350 million kilos um, in the US. What it's saying is we stream music, but uh, the music is stored in a in data centers, which use vast amounts of power. Need Everyone knows about kind of, they need a lot of cooling, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but they're also made of products um, and with cables um, that are manufactured and then uh, they themselves go obsolete and have to be replaced. Mm -hmm. um, and the one, there's a really good stat here, uh, that was about the amount of oh here we go this is a BBC article um, it says it's a complex calculation but uh, this person says it's a rough ballpark figure you only have to stream an album 27 times before you've built up a carbon footprint bigger than if you just bought the LP wow so that's the BBC mm. uh, but again it's 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 incredibly complex. I don't know how she got to this number. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I've, sorry, I think I've drifted away slightly from your your question, but I, I guess I'm just trying to tie up some loose yeah, ends. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. Um, so yeah, but when when you when you hear something like that like 27 times, I I stream uh, albums I like more than 27 times, um, and I might own the record as well. Mm. Um, it does make you think. It does make you think because it's. Yeah. Uh, I think there's definitely a a my impression of digital is that because it doesn't exist. In, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the ether. You know, it's coming from the sky. Uh, that there's no or less carbon footprint because it's you know I'm not buying I'm not buying loads of stuff mm. but there's, there's there is a cost to it and there is a, a consequence to it it doesn't just happen you know I think I think what you said um, about cost was really interesting I'd never I hadn't really thought of it in that way like it's an interesting interpretation of cost as cost being because again like that's that's always the as in you know, pick any argument, and I feel like the in, the first rebuttal, and this is, you know, this is me. I'm not bar humbugging. This is me just uh, uh, exploring this as a, an idea. I'm certainly, very pro um, environment. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, or am I? Um, but uh, like you know, the 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 or is is usually like okay, you could do this, or you could use you know. So buy a solar panel well I can't afford to buy a solar panel it's a lot of money and there was a I know there was a government subsidy for a while and then I need to replace that after 10 years and I can't afford that and blah blah blah, blah. okay well you could drive a car or you could drive this electric car well electric cars are a hell of a lot more expensive than a regular car and da 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 you know etc 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 like the cost to the I don't know consumer let's say and usually until those things are kind of made, as with all things, you know, think of all the um, objects that were kind of, you know, think of like VR headsets, for example, uh, originally were stupid money, you know, like, mm -hmm. and now, now you can buy one for the same as you would buy a regular, you know, console controller or whatever. Um, same, you know, think of cameras, um, how expensive cameras were. Now there's like five on your phone, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, laptops, computers, all those things with demand and, and you know, a, a myriad of other cultural and societal kind of orbits <laughs> shift, you know, like um, CDs are super cheap now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and it's kind of, it is so much about that shift, you know, like the electric car thing has, has really taken off and, you know, to your point, another kind of case of transference where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, I won't individually burn my fossil fuel, but I will take the electricity from a power plant that has burnt that fossil fuel on my behalf and use that to power my car. I suppose the argument is that you would hope that with a larger body that could, for example, maybe it's a case of transferring the burden from an individual consumer to a larger body. Like you said, like with like the music trust. Whereas mm -hmm. if an individual tried to achieve those acts, it would be very difficult and costly that you would argue that maybe at a top level, it would be much easier to 
and, and well, f- physically, because it's just, you know, let's say, let's say all power stations were owned by the same company. You'd be like, great, we just speak to them. Like no yeah. one else is burning fossil fuel, they're burning the fossil fuel. And technically narrowing in on regulating the power stations and maybe making them more efficient, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is much easier than the po- entire population of the world who may be less a- agreeable. Um, and I, I'm assuming that that's, I can only assume that that's the idea is to transfer that to a larger body. And maybe that larger body can afford to make the kinds of changes that would, you know, they're like, okay, we've been using, you know, this way of doing it. If you use this way, it's much better. If you pass that on to the consumer, you know, I think that would be um, much you know, harder to not enforce, but also just harder to roll out quite mm-hmm. literally. It's a lot more to do. Um, and you're right. It is such a hard thing because there is a cost. And I think what you were saying about cost in that sense, it would be interesting, for example, and it kind of has some parallel right now to the kind of energy crisis is I think people are maybe realizing just how much I've never looked at how much energy I use in my life. I couldn't even, I don't even know what, I don't even know if you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't even know what a, how many kilojoules or whatever I was using. I think it would be, it's, and it could be a cultural change in that actually being to some degree, like you say, it's easy to think that things just kind of happen, like the fairies do it kind of thing. It just kind of is. You mm-hmm. don't think of it. In the same way that, you know, we all used to eat McDonald's at kids' parties and whatever. And now we're kind of like, oh, okay, that's maybe not the best thing to do. Like, and we, you know, are more aware of what we eat and the chemicals and the food that we're eating and da 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 that maybe, you know, as bad as it is, uh, being more acutely aware of the energy that you are using and maybe trying to take steps to be more efficient in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to see maybe because, and it's a, it's a hard boundary, you know, it's, it's an expense. I mean, money is a it also is a really good way to make things happen if, if energy is really expensive. It's why we tax cigarettes and alcohol and whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It would be interesting. Maybe there is some kind of knock-on effect that, you know, post this winter, maybe people will be using a lot less energy um, and maybe being more acutely aware. Maybe, like you say, maybe it's a case of equating something where, for argument's sake, you know, you could pick up a product and there was two costs <laughs> and maybe if we had a measurement of like, cool, well, you could buy this thing, it's 99p, but here's the env- environmental cost. Um, and I think that's an interesting way to think of it. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. And like, that's still a cost. It's just kind of a slightly different, it's just not a, necessarily a financial one. But maybe mm. that would make, in the same way that, you know, putting a kind of black lung on a packet of cigarettes is, you know, like maybe that would be something that would have... And again, it's so hard to measure these kinds of inputs, you know, these kinds oh, of absolutely. ideas, you know, or, you know, obviously it's so easy to go down the route of kind of, oh, well, if they it stopped factory production in the da, 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 and that's dwarfed by Shell who, da, and, and like, that's another entire battle. But I think kind of what we're talking about here, here is kind of individual cost. Yes. You know, individual yeah. ability. And I, and I think you're it can all these things can feel like super scary and like oh how 
it's 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 out of control. Yeah. And the kind of the way I see it is that I am quite old school and I like old things and I really like restoring old things. Um and for instance, my parents' kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I grew up with this table. And this table was in my granddad's workshop and he was a market gardener and where all used to get the veg in or whatever, pick it out of the ground and that table was used to process mm. the veg. And then it got like sanded and, you know, a bit of oil and now it's been in my kitchen, uh, my parents' kitchen for as long as, since the early 90s. Still there, mm. still works, mm. still great. Mm. And it will be passed through the family at mm. some point. Mm. Um, and it feels like at that time when we were, I'd hazard a guess, and this is something I'd like to learn more about actually, uh, but the, I'd hazard a guess that, I don't know, in the, say, at 1900, would you have had as many possessions as we do now? Sure. I'd say probably not, uh, if I was to guess. Uh, I'd, so what it feels like is we've gone a bit far and now we're trying to rein things in a little bit, probably back to those more local values that we had uh, beforehand. Mm. I mean, you never... I'm not really a believer in, I do, I do believe in kind of forward progress and, uh, you know, new ideas. Uh, so I'm not saying let's go back to 1900, but some of the things might have been pretty good. Um, so, and also when it comes down to individual responsibility, it's kind of, uh, it's easy for, I don't know, government to say, if everyone just, Stop buying plastic straws. The world would be better. I don't think it's that easy, uh, but it's a good. It's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That was a, in the UK. For those who don't know, we banned plastic straws, mm. single-use straws, which is good because it's it's a, it's like when someone gives you a bag and you've ordered a sandwich or sure. something, and they give put it in a bag, and then you walk out the shop, you literally eat it, and then throw the bag in the bin. Sure. It's served no. You've not even used it. It's served mm. no purpose. Um, so yeah, it's a good idea to say, it's all right, you can keep that. Mm. Um, I do think the power is in the wallet though. In the, if you, if, when you buy a product, whatever it is, you think, do I really need it? And yeah, you've, you called me out nicely in that this Oliver Arnold, sorry, Oliver, uh, it, this Oliver Arnold's vinyl probably wasn't a, um, I didn't need it. Mm. And then again, do I need any vinyl? Do we well, need anything? This is this is uh, yeah, that's, you know, uh, that's a long road. How and stringent that's are to, you? You know, yeah, and that's an individual choice. But I do think I actually think more than a lot of the vinyl I own. It's it's made me think. Mm. And if that's not good art, what is? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know spurred you know some good conversation. Um, yeah, so I'm a kind of a believer in that, and um, yeah, because obviously things are cheap generally because lots of them are made, mm. right? So it's a bit of a catch-22. So you go into a shop and go, because the living factor is budget, right? You go into a shop and go, well, I can afford that one, but not that one. That one's cheaper. It might be cheaper because it's not as good as the expensive one, mm. or it might be cheaper because it's um, that more of them are made. Mm. So economies of scale kicks in. Or, to make it slightly more complex, uh, it could be that 
the company selling them is selling them at a loss to make gains elsewhere, sure. which is called loss, loss leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really interesting concept. Um, I think the, the PlayStation work in that way, right. or games, I've always read about that. The, the development cost, they lose money on every console they sell. Mm-hmm. They make it back with the games. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> and, and it's not like a label on a product has this. And also it'd be pretty incapacitating if you were to have to kind of microanalyze <laughs> every, shall I buy this banana huh. or this banana? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hungry. Uh, so, yeah, but I think it's, it's, what I like is that it's nice to have an awareness of these kind of issues and thought processes and, uh, consider like I could buy if I can spend 10p more and get the one that's made in the UK or wherever you live mm. uh, or spend 10p less and get the one that comes from 2,000 miles away mm. being aware of the inputs as in that's how interesting. they got there yeah I hadn't you know, I wouldn't think of that yeah that's really interesting yeah I would not I mean I've never looked I don't think I've ever looked at a single product in my life. But that's a really interesting idea. Not, mm. not when you originally said it, I thought you said you were talking about kind of I'll buy locally, as in, you know, support your local town, and that has its own, you know, economical oh, benefits and even societal. You know, like there's kind of you know like you know supporting black communities and 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 that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I would never have thought of being like, oh yeah, like. I'm buying this because it's travelled less, and that's there's less cost, you know, involved uh, uh, within that. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah. But, and then, but it's, it's literally one for one. It could be the same. It's it a, could be the same amount of money as well. It's just it's yeah, just, but yeah. it's it's a twofold gain in mm. that there's, uh, and, and again, I'm I'm not saying one is better than the other, and it's mm. it's it's an impossible judgment to make, and you really just have to kind of go. Make your own judgment, yeah, based on what you know. Uh, and I'm not saying I don't always believe local is better mm. because if I live next door to a, uh, I don't know, a turkey farm with ten thousand turkeys in a barn, sure, I'm buying local. <laughs> sure. But you know, I could get my free range one for the Netherlands or whatever. Mm. Uh, so it's, the, yeah, I find the local the word local a bit confusing. Um, however, uh, to if you do believe something near you is good, uh, then supporting it means it can build. Mm. Or if, if if it's not even local, it just anything you believe in is good. Buying that, you know, investing that one extra purchase makes it better. And it and it if if you're taking that from something that you believe is less good, mm. then that reduces the demand sure. for there. So it's a twofold gain. Your, you know, the difference is two. Mm. Uh, and that's why I really believe that the your power is in your wallet or whatever. And 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 I think it's easy to go, yeah, but there's it's not perfect. And it, but it's a start. Yeah, I guess it, you're building it. You're starting to build the one you believe in and take away from the one that you're not believing in. Um, and that's how change happens because when there's you know billions of people mm. thinking in that way, things happen. Yeah, amen, amen. And um, yeah, like I say, I I think the best, most successful sort of campaigns have happened 
with it, like I say, it happened on a almost like a cultural level as opposed to a, you know, I feel like that changing that desire as well and, and kind of, and even just kind of reframing an idea, I think can, can do so, so much. And, and as much as it can be like a really considered thing, I think also then in those cases, it can be seemingly sort of unconsidered, like you're spending that money because you, like you don't even realize you're spending that money. You just like, whether it's a brand or something like that, I think like, companies like Patagonia and stuff like that and have a very, very interesting kind of company model where they're kind of, you know, using that desirability and trying to then kind of fund that money towards, you know, campaigns and stuff that they believe to be, you know, m- more worthwhile think, with that money, you know. And that's a really good example because I, uh, I, th- I read that they would they own like this huge expanse of, uh, nature mm. in South America, mm. in Patagonia, mm. um, that's funded and uh, there's loads of like uh, nature development and kind of uh, like really hands-on ecological stuff goes on. It's like, it's like a nature reserve mm. as far as I know. Uh, and so, yeah, it's very... And, and the, they, they announced a new company structure recently whereby uh, it's owned by... Nature, the biggest shareholder in the company is nature. Okay. Which I, uh, I made the news because it's not really been done before. Sure. So Interesting. I think the, big, the biggest vote comes from nature or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, give it a Google. I'll try and maybe I'll put a link in. But um, yeah, fa- fascinating in terms of like using modern uh, and established societal norms, I guess, to really like flipping them on the head a little bit to mm. make progress where they feel it's needed. Yeah, it's a hard, like, you know, I don't know if I'm kind of having a small argument in my head, as in, like, you know, cert- certainly since moving here, like, we've kind of been like, well, you know, kind of by by once, by good. And there's a lot of kind of companies attached to that sort of style of clothing, you know, bands, uh, brands like Fjallraven and and, uh, and the local one here is 66 Degrees uh, North and uh, Barber and stuff like this. And this idea of like, you know, Patagonia and all these kind of uh, uh, outdoor brands that a lot of kind of, you know, buy it once, pass it down. And certainly the ones with slightly more heritage, like Fjallraven and, and uh, Barber, the, this idea that, you know, you pass it to your kids and all this kind of stuff. And that, and again, like there's all immediately a voice that's like, well, that's all well and good for you to say, but they're 500 pound coats or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like, um, and I think it's interesting, you know, turning again, like we were saying, trying to kind of shift that away from like shift that away culturally as well. And, and, and kind of actually seeing the true cost of something, I think is also, you know, if you want shoes that are going to last for a really long time, they're more expensive than, you know, Primark is. And and that's the true cost of that, you know, leather, handmade leather pair of shoes or whatever, you know, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, you know, I mean, Again, you've got like Gore-Texes and stuff like that. And again, that's kind of plastics and whatever. But, you know, this this kind of uh, 
you know, and that's a tough argument to make, you know, it's like uh, that takes a lot of long-term thinking, you know, like how many pairs mm -hmm. of shoes would you buy? Should I buy this one pair and, you know, or this one coat or this one pair of trousers and I can just keep repairing them and they'll last and, the, you know, they're well-made and the material will keep looking good and they'll keep doing their job. You know, I think what you're not looking at at that particular time in that shop is the amount of other pairs of trousers or tops or whatever that you'll buy instead of that, you know, one pair. Yeah, and sure, exactly. you know, there's some inflation there. They're, they're a fashionable brand and whatever, you know. Um, and, and, and yeah, like, for example, thinking here, uh, there's a company here called 60, uh, 66 Degree North and they make um, adventure clothing, but it's also kind of blended now into like streetwear and stuff as well. But the idea is that it's focused on Icelandic weather and conditions and so you know certainly when we moved here we kind of very fairly quickly outfitted ourselves um even just you know in silly things just you know i bought a few pairs of trousers from them and guess what they dry really quickly and when i had to walk everywhere like that was great they looked like a pair of trousers but you know they were maybe you know 200 pounds for a pair of trousers you know but i wore mm -hmm. them nearly every day i had literally had two and i just swapped them out what they do really well here, and, and I think that's compounded maybe by the local nature, is that pretty much everything has a more or less a lifetime guarantee, or at least mm -hmm. they'll repair it there and then. And mm -hmm. obviously it's a much smaller place. It's kind of just like a big village. Um, and, you know, like we've had multiple things. We've bought things for my son that we could equate. Like we buy this, you know, this rain jacket and we buy it big. That will last him. Like he can get in the mud and crawl around and whatever. And even already we've like, he's done it and he's like pulled a button off or whatever. And like, they will take it straight back, repair it completely free of charge. And that keeps going. And again, you know, that's another hurdle. It's like, oh, I've got to fix it myself. I'll just get a new one or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, the elbow's sure. torn or whatever. Um, And you know, like it's made, we know it's going to be keep, we know it's going to keep him warm. We know it's, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so, like, I think that's a really good environment, but that's really hard. That's a really hard thing to sell. Like, there's there's so much out there that's like better for the environment, lifetime guarantee, da da da. Like throwing that stuff, but like I say, getting over that cost hurdle, getting over that initial, you know, don't buy this cheap thing, buy this better thing. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's better for the environment. Like, I think the like I say, the companies that are really trying to shift that balance. And, and again, I think it would be so interesting to be able to see if there was a cost to something, you know, you could see the true cost of something mm -hmm. um, visibly, you know, maybe, or, or I don't know, there was some kind of purchasing, I don't know, something on the receipt tag, something, do you know what I mean? Like if, if you could see if there was some actual figure of whatever, I don't know, it would be interesting to see how, what you are truly buying, you know, in that sense. And it is that, long-term thinking but that's kind of what we're thinking about today really isn't it i suppose it's hmm. it's long-term thinking not something we're too good at I, I think um definitely not and i think um on your point there the uh a lot of what you're saying is the it's accessibility really so hmm. your 200 pound trouser example um okay i need some trousers i want those trousers but i don't have 200 pounds hmm. so I can't buy those trousers, sure. so then I'll buy the cheap trousers. Mm. And then maybe 
so you could buy, maybe you could afford 50 pound trousers mm. and you might buy 20 pound trousers because you need something else. Mm. Uh, or you might, and then, but you might get through 10 versions of those 20 pound trousers mm. in the time that you've got through one. So sure. nine are in the bin. Sure. But the cost, the, the financial cost is the same. Yeah, I've, I've still got I, them today. I still wear them yeah. now, and I've had them for nearly five years now. Yeah. And I've had them repaired, or had one repaired once. So, yeah. so I think there's a there's two points really. The kind of yeah that I'd like to make the um, there's a there's a kind of responsibility for accessibility. If you want to, if you have a good idea, then go. Well, okay, is there a pay monthly option? You know, sure. could I could I open it up to be more affordable on day one. Uh, and secondly, like the, the societal thing of, uh, it's particularly prevalent here. I'm not sure how it pans out everywhere else, but, um, you know, in the old days, you used to, there's, Britain has such a complex, uh, relationship with, uh, class and wealth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that, you know, you used to in the old days, just, if you had a hole, sew it up, put a patch on it, you sure. know. Uh, and I guess if you were rich, you had a tailor who'd just make you a new thing or whatever. And uh, but I th yeah, I do think the repair the repair element is there's a cultural barrier there. Uh, oh, you can't afford a new one, mate. Type mm -mm. thing. Uh, but I do. I think it's it's definitely an age thing where I feel less bothered about. I feel more in in connected to bigger issues less bothered about superficial uh stuff and not too bothered obviously I, I care about design and i care about uh fashion to an extent i'm i'm not uninfluenceable mm. <laughs> if you like uh but really trying yeah just trying to i guess learn to do my bit i'm not saying i'm there but just it's, it is a process for everyone but um yeah i think that's a societal element of uh it being socially acceptable to put a patch on your elbow or mm -hmm. when you had a hole uh yeah, I mean, I had I bought a leather jacket years ago and uh, wore it for a couple of years and walked past something sharp, got a big rip in it. And obviously, that's not the kind of thing you throw mm. away. It was, mm. uh, yeah, I, I want, I love it, I want to keep it, and it, and it is, it will last. But there's a, a repair guy down, so I paid twenty quid, and he did a really neat job at sewing it up. And nice. No one's ever mentioned it. Maybe I've been judged quietly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's it's great because I'm like, okay, I can... I think often there's, a, there's, again, a financial thing. Like, would you spend 20 quid on something more expensive? Yes. But if it was a £20 pair of trousers in the first place, mm. would you spend £10 on it? Probably not. Sure. Um, but if you throw in the environmental angle... It, it, it does change the game. It's almost like a shifting of priority mm. uh, where you factor that in and it's not singly economic. Although I recognise in the reality of the world, that often is the, the single decision, you know, mm -mm -mm. not the factor of the decision. Yeah, it's, it's a tough... Um, and, you know, again, it, it, I feel like the, the answer or the answers do have to be that you know, something that weighs in, you know, people aren't going to stop buying things overnight. People aren't going to stop buying things. Everyone likes something cheap. You know, we've all bought things, whether it's music gear, whether it's 
a guitar, whether it's any, you know, like it, 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 it's just endless, you know, that, that what, what's available to you and, and they're not going to go away by themselves. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's kind of somewhat of a kind of Adam and Eve, like, you know, temptation based thing. And like they're not going to go away. If There's always going to be the option to buy something cheaper and it, and it, maybe not be the same, you know, for food, same for anything that that's, that's kind of money making, you know, and that's, and that's human nature as well. You know, like, you know, there is a, we are flawed, you know, we are, there is that kind of like get a pizza, you know, like it's just like as healthy as you want to be, you know, what there's always that, what just all your morals out the window, you know, in every sin- single branch of humanity, marital, <laughs> you know, financial, <laughs> fiscal, like it, it's just, that's, that's, that's what we are as humans. Uh, like you say, I, I think that societal shift and, and kind of trying to create an environment where, you know, there's a lot of positive uh, about that. And again, I think it really is that trying to make it, accessible for everyone and something that you know like I say I'm you know it's all very you know all well and good for you to be able to spend that money and do that thing and and whatever you know like and you know uh, that's that there there's that is a luxury you know Mm -hmm. um you know obviously that's just we're just speaking of our experience within the UK but obviously around the world that's a very different you know there there aren't those options and and you know we're very privileged to, to to have access to that and and what have you um i think certainly within music like there's a lot more fluidity and there's a lot more like um there's a lot more avenues to to trying to be opportunity yeah and 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 just there is i mean in general as kind of the sphere of art in general is generally a little more liberal leaning and a little more environmentally conscious in that sense and and maybe not liberal but more progressive maybe mm-hmm. uh, um uh, and you know i think seeing acts commit to you know more environmentally friendly um shows and and roots and you know and obviously coldplay had were, were, were doing the whole like the had like a uh uh so like a kinetic floor that that dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would create energy and they had bikes there where you could create energy you know i think that's all i think that's that's you know that's that's all super positive and 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 again you know the closer we can get to making those kinds of things less novel and more integral you know is based on that desire and that desire comes from us you know and, and we create that so um so yeah i think it it's it's a it's a long it's a long road um and i think you know the art sphere itself will probably be the first to do that and i mean that's <laughs> probably the least financially stable um <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, area of humanity but they i you know there's a lot of uh, um scope for them you know becoming fairly carbon neutral and a desire and and, and it will, will will most certainly be the first place for it to exist yeah i guess another thing on on the um the cold play thing amazing on a grand scale with a huge budget 
Um, but I often think, and this isn't a, um, I guess this isn't a, a suck up to our sponsor, mm. uh, but uh, technologies such as neural DSP, mm. uh, you know, smaller footprint uh, kind of amp technology. Sure, uh, there's loads of them out there. Kemper, you know, Fractal, all the, mm. all these kind of things. Um, the lugging around lots of four by twelve amps and uh, ha- is expensive, mm. and so I think that's a real driver for bands to reduce that kind of cost. But thinking of environmental cost, it's yeah, extra fuel, extra space, bigger vans, mm-hmm. all this stuff, bigger buses. Um, so just just form factor wise, there's just something smaller mm. is has a really positive impact. And uh, so it, I've, I've never actually seen a, a, a pitch uh, to that effect. Sure. Um, but I, I'm aware of I'm aware of it mm. in my own mind, um, and I think that's really positive. So yeah, yeah, definitely the future. A lot of acts turning to. I mean, so so many acts, stadium acts turning to digital rigs. More equally more reliable front of house. It's great news for them. Obviously, flying. It's it's kind of a tough thing, tough argument to make when your job is to kind of be a traveling circus. You know, like your carbon, you'll never be carbon neutral. Um, that that's you know, and I mean, it's the first criticism that any politician, any anyone, any artist gets. Right? It's just you know, you're taking flights. That's your job. You know. Um, I think it was certainly interesting with the, I mean, with the situation of touring at the moment, post COVID and kind of with COVID, the, the developments in streaming and kind of, um, you know, live, live streaming shows and, and bands putting on events. I did wonder for a moment whether that would be, a, a, you know, if you could somehow kind of re- replace or improve or, simulate the idea of being some kind of smell vision maybe of just being in a room of sweaty people and kind of uniting in that front and kind of the immersion of being at a venue and that kind of thing I really think it, you know really think it could take off that you know for every every band knows that you know you you uh, announce a tour and everyone's like why didn't you come to Chile and you know like <laughs> or even here you know like no, it's really expensive to come here so People don't, you know, same, you know, we had a lot uh, people asking us about America. We, we could never afford to get there, you know, and it never make it, you know, financially stable. But, you know, if you could improve, you know, live streaming and, and whatever, then, you know, that, that could be a really viable option as, as to kind of that level of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, the, the, I mean, you, you know, you're paying for that cost somewhere, sure, you know, but that's one show versus you know, an entire tour, you know, which, yeah. which you'd hope, I hope is offset uh, uh, by, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by yeah. that um, uh, for sure. So yeah, that's a really interesting point. Certainly. Yeah. Definitely lots and lots of digital rigs these days. Poor old premier guitar. Not, <laughs> not quite, getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite yeah. getting the goods these days. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, 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 it's never, I think the thing to remember, yeah, it's not, for every solution, for every win, there's there's a, a loss in uh, another direction, and sometimes that's 
it's not desired. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, so yeah, I think my point is with all this is it's a balance. It's personal choice, personal priority, personal ability, uh, and and then the and then I'm not ignoring the bigger issues. It's yeah, I'm not saying it's down to every man, but there's there's policy, there's law, there's mm. uh, investment on a kind of governmental, countrywide, mm -hmm. bigger than that scale, um, which is you know very important. I think the EU are talking about regulating charging cables because, as we all know, we've got millions of them, mm. and it's a, and they just sit in a drawer somewhere, and everyone everyone has millions of them, mm -hmm. uh, so slightly out of control. Um, but yeah, I hope I hope this has been useful or kind of I don't know insightful in some way. Um, yeah, always just always a good discussion. Everyone's got their own uh, take on it, and everyone's got an opinion on it because it's such a global uh, now. It's such a global issue, and everyone's aware in to some degree. And uh, yeah, I thought it'd be a, a fun topic. Yeah, and um, yeah, but we can now talk about some new music yeah so if andrew do you have a something new to share yes i do actually okay. um as you know me i'm a big fan of anything that is perfectly in sync with itself and just on firing on all capacity all capacitors, <laughs> at full capacity. And um, one of my biggest gripes, Andrew's gripes in the world is, you know, when you see professional dancing in any shape or form <laughs> yeah. and they are not in time with the music or just not, is that... there's like oh. being like good. And then there is being good, you know, like, and you know, whether it's Britain's Got Talent or anything like that, they're driving up the wall and the music is like the thing they're dancing to, but often they're not actually that in time with it. And long story long, I find that usually very infuriating and I don't like it when something gets praised for, and I'm like, it's out of time. It's, like, it's not, you're not dancing <laughs> to the music. And, or some of you are out of time. Some of you are in time, which is just as bad. And, so the other day, Instagram obviously knew this about me and recommended to me a, um, a video of a compilation of the popular metal act, Baby Metal, okay. um, performing their hit single, Gimme Chocolate, <laughs> um, uh, to, like it was over the years, so it's like 10 years or whatever it's been. And I remember the song when it came out. I remember everyone being like, oh my God. And just so tight. It's insane how tight. And the dancing is just like the the cut. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, you know, this is a video. This has been edited. But perfect. Like actually, I couldn't stop watching. I know the song. You know, I like them. I don't, I don't really have any feelings other than that. And I just sat there watching and I was like, I'm so satisfied right now by how it's like looking at an amazing piece of art. Just incredible. 
like every just every hit every accent every like everything is just there mm. just just living its best life so um i just kept watching it i was literally just sitting there watching it my son came over then he was like what are you doing he wanted to watch it so we were sitting there watching it and then we had to go for a car ride and so i thought oh i'll, I'll put see what what are they doing these days and turns out they have a brand new single called monochrome um nice and it's it's like whereas the the music before was still really kind of you know firmly within that kind of idol world and kind of still very japanese influenced in and, and very kind of pop driven in that sense it seems like i know they've like obviously they've been touring now for a long long time and and kind of think some members have left maybe um but they're doing something very serious now and this latest record appears to be a lot closer to sort of bring me the horizon architects and oh, it's cool. like some serious riffs and like they're a bit more mature it seems the the, the kind of nature of um, these songs and the songwriting a lot more kind of i would say western looking right in there but bringing that kind of edge of k-pop j-pop um and yeah, it just it slaps. And so we were listening to that, listening to their kind of latest <laughs> works, and out of, out of pure curiosity. But actually, um, yeah, sick. If I mean, if you don't want to sing it for the rest of the day, do not listen to it. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is very catchy. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of my discovery of of the so week. So, baby metal. What's the song called? Uh, it's called Monochrome. Monochrome. Nice. That's the one. Matt, no. how are you? I, um, well, again, for those who might have been here before, uh, I've mentioned a a couple of artists many times. Uh, I'm actually planning to listen to this band called Calandra, who are getting another mention, mm. who supported Leprous. Very, very good. Um, but my two favourite uh, kind of jazz classical-y piano and instrumental bands of... Um, my two favourites, Go Go Penguin and Mammal Hands, have both both released music uh, nice. recently. Uh, I, but particularly want to talk about Go Go Penguin. Uh, there's an upcoming album called Everything Is Going To Be Okay, which I thought was Positive. quite apt, given what we've been talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, and, I, and I really admire the sentiment. And the, the cover is a, a, a nice blue and slightly uh, pinky sky with some clouds and loads of birds. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's just what a nice sentiment. Yeah. And uh, something that struck me is that the genre on Apple Music here was described as electronica, which I don't know if, it, if it's okay. different from previous releases. I'd have to check. Uh, but I need to check them out. Yeah, honestly do. Um, but yeah, I was checking out a song just before this actually called Glimmerings, which is, um, yeah, some great titles like Saturnine. Saturnine. Uh, Saturnine. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, instrumental, piano, double bass, drums. Okay. And yeah, very great, great skills musicianship-wise. Okay. Great melodies, uh, just all in all great music. But yeah, there seems to be more of an electronic influence here. Okay. Um, I think I heard, again, quick listen, I need to delve in a bit harder um but it's not just piano it's some like synthy roadsy other sounds uh, they're so expanding maybe they some little twinkly bits Lovely. 
So yeah, uh, excited about that actually. Um, but I would say, just for you, Andrew. Thanks. Do check out Carnival. I think okay. you'd like them. Where should I start? Um, uh, so if you want the new metal kind of edge, mm-hmm. and you want the riffs, start oh, yeah. with Thamata. Okay, the Marta. If Thamata, oh, Thamata, uh, not the yeah, Marta. No, Thamata. Just say um, fast. If you want the kind of more indulgent, uh, introspective kind of full experience, go Sound Awake, and then listen to Asymmetry after that. Okay, is Asymmetry the most recent? It is, yeah. Okay. Although quite old now. Okay. Um, yeah, I personally, many like I said, many people like Sound Awake, but Asymmetry for me has got some great songs. Um, almost. Almost in getting towards Agent Fresco e in okay. melody and okay. All right. uh, so yeah, okay. I think maybe that inspires that. some. Say again. I can get on board with that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, go go penguin. That's my recommendation for the week. So all nice. we'll put our picks in the playlist, um, which obviously is available every week, and we listen through at our listening party at seven p.m. UK time every Tuesday evening. It's the highlight of my week and hopefully yours. Absolutely. And yeah, we will see you next time. Also, I thought maybe something we should do as part of our uh, pledge here today. Maybe I thought we could maybe leave some links uh, in the description that maybe could point you if you wanted to learn more about maybe you wanted to produce a, a record a bit more environmentally friendly or maybe if there's mm. some good information or incentives, I thought like that would be a very responsible um thing to do I feel like we kind of like as 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 we all are sitting here going like well okay what can I do you know so sure. I thought that would be kind of a good thing so we'll pop them in the description below um, nice and then we will see you all um, in the playlist party playlist party <laughs> <laughs> gonna come to the playlist party yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lastly before we leave there was, I saw an amazing meme of someone who was just like since I've had a uh, since I've had uh, kids like uh, you know like my social life is different and it's something like you know you can relax now like you haven't got kids and then the woman's like oh yay <laughs> <laughs> nice um, so um, we'll see you all next week um, yep. have, have a lovely a week time. and we'll see you next time don't forget your coat I'm going to put your shoes on before we go. Do your homework. Do your homework. <laughs> We're going to check. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you so very much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.